live from my collection of coffee table books. Is this a hustler? This is Some of Its Parts, a podcast of pop cultural misunderstandings. Today, Andy and Hunter will be guessing the plot to The Devil Wears Prada. All right, so let's begin. The Devil Wears Prada. What do you guys think it's about? So I remember movie posters for this one back in the day. And it was this, like, big old stiletto, and I think it had, like, the devil's pitchfork at the bottom of it. And for whatever reason, I, like, pictured that impaling the crotch of uh, Taylor Lautner, even though that's not contemporaneous with, like, when that movie came out. I have an idea as well, and I think we can combine them. Beelzebub attends a drag ball. Ooh. And steps on Taylor Lautner's crotch with his stilettos. And that's how Meryl Streep was born. She emerged fully formed from Taylor Lautner's testicle, and time traveled to be the baddest bitch. Why, why do you think something so valuable would come from a place so dark? <laughs> Can I please just give you guys something to work with that isn't what you just said? Please. Alright, excellent. We're gonna start out with our young heroine... Her name's Andrea, but she goes by Andy, and she is this awesome journalist who just graduated from Northwestern. And now her dreams are going to be crushed like all postgrads. That is exactly right. She cannot get a job for the life of her at a newspaper. So she gets temp work um, and is assigned to be the assistant to the most amazing fashion editor in the world. What's the magazine's name? Beelzebub Limited. Try again. Beelzebub Quarterly? One more time. Hustler 2 The Reckoning. <laughs> okay, love it. Hustler 2 The Reckoning. So Hustler has been dead, and they've revived it into what? what is Hustler 2 The Reckoning? What do they do? Hustler 2 is printed... On the skin of Larry Flint. It's, it's, it's meta now. They're not just showing skin. They're showing skin on skin. Hold on. I thought Hustler 2 The Reckoning was just this feminist archive. Yeah, it is. Being printed on the skin of the old owner of Hustler. I've learned so much <laughs> from this podcast. I mean, we can tell you a lot about Hustler. I don't think you want to hear most of it. I agree. So I'm assuming that this editor, this lead editor is so infamously terrible to her employees that that's why they're just like picking up temp people because these people are signing up to not be there that long. I'm sorry, but when Andy said picking up, I just imagined them like driving by in a van and just black bagging <laughs> Anne Hathaway. You! <laughs> you will be the new secretary! We should probably talk about it because... We should call her Andrea, or whatever you want to call her, because her name is Andy in the movie. Andy. That works. <laughs> Wait, but I'm It's not Andy. confusing at who's all. Who's on second? Then who's driving the Batmobile? Who's driving the space boat? So, Andrea gets indoctrinated into this high-culture, fashion, terrible parody of New York City, and I'm gonna assume that she endures an insane amount of hazing from her boss. Hunter, what sort of crazy hazing is she getting up to here? Like, this has got to be some next-level, like, evil that only the fashion industry could bring about. She forces Anne Hathaway to paint a woman Goldfinger-style, or a dude Goldfinger-style, 
to make him an Oscar. Oh man, she's collecting Oscars. Yeah. So she's actually like trying to attain further fame by just like stealing and abducting these men. This is a horror movie. And to narrow down the field of men, it's all like the world's greatest fencers. You make it sound like, well, at least what I'm thinking is that she's kidnapping models and trying to make like a live version of the fashion because she knows that print is going to die. And so she's like, well, what do we do? Why invest in the Internet when we can do a live fashion performance? And everyone's like, you mean the runway, the thing that we've been doing for years? And she's like, no, I want models in a dark room that people just stumble upon. The way that people stumble upon BuzzFeed articles. Do you just, like, chuck them out in public places? Like, there's a dark alleyway. We can put one of them there. And then people are just like, oh my god, there's a golden body. Oh my god, somebody call the police. We're turning Meryl Streep into, like, basically a tech startup where she, like, comes up with some wacky new idea. And it's like, no, that's just taxis. That's just public transportation. I feel like you're saying that uh, startups are serial killers who paint young men in gold and dispose of their bodies. Aren't they? Because I'm, I'm thinking that like Meryl Streep has gone like full serial killer here, and Anne Hathaway has just been dropped into this dark world of excess. Oh, oh my god, yeah, it's, it's American Psycho 3 from the perspective of the secretary. I'm sorry, Patrick Bateman had a sec- Oh my god, he fucking did have a secretary. Kari, you just forgot about national 90s treasure Chloe Sevigny. <laughs> How do you fucking feel? I, I feel I feel really bad. You should. Thank you. So... Can we talk a little bit more about Andrea? What kind of person is Andrea? Well, she's post-grad, so she's probably abusing substances in a state of depression. And she's clearly okay working for somebody with cloven hooves, so, you know. Well, you gotta pay them bills. Yeah. Fair. No ethical consumption. So Andrea does not care about fashion. And we see this because in the very beginning of the film, it starts off with, like, three models and Andrea getting ready for work. And all these models wake up to presumably male models and um they wake up and they put on like really pretty looking lingerie and you see them like taking out five almonds and in a bowl which is just which is just rude and then you see andrea go into a bakery and get a fucking bagel like a savage hell yeah so you see this like contrast in the very beginning of the film so what in what other ways is she different from a model she has a chitinous exoskeleton wait what (laughs) chitinous chitinous exoskeleton i'm not like other girls i have an exoskeleton yeah. That's possible. So, what is that movie where they take the girl who is, like, homely looking and make her the prom queen? Not another teen movie. The one that that movie is referencing is... She's all that. Where it's, like, literally they just, like, take off her glasses and undo her ponytail. It's like, oh, shit, you were a, like, superstar actress all along. Let's talk about Andrea's transformation scene. So does she get to do the Sailor Moon thing, you know, like twirl around with like Satan's stiletto in her hand and suddenly become like the female version of Devil Man? 
Okay, yeah, can we just turn around, start from the beginning, and turn this into a Sailor Moon reboot? We very easily could, because... I, I want to see Anne Hathaway with meatball hair. Fighting Satan. Her Luna, or her cat that instructs her on how to transform, is Stanley Tucci. <laughs> he strikes again! Stanley Tucci is in this movie and shines like the star he is. I am losing my mind over what a great casting idea that is. Here's what happens. And this scene is simultaneously really interesting and also very frustrating. Because, (laughs) no, this is like a real thing. I love this movie. This movie is like, I'll talk about it later, why this movie is so great for me. But um, in this scene, Andrea comes to Stanley Tucci, who's working. Something happened where she disappointed Miranda, who is the editor-in-chief. Meryl Streep's character. Yes. I would have chosen Beelzebub, but okay. There's a lot of devils wearing Prada in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) So Andrea goes to Stanley Tucci and is just fed up because nothing she does is good enough for Meryl Streep. Relatable. So Andrea was given this assignment from Miranda to get her a jet when it was hurricaning outside and surprise surprise Andrea could not achieve this task and she got like a stern talking to and so Andrea's talking to Stanley Tucci and she's like nothing I do is good enough like when I when I fail she's like vicious and when I do like my job well she doesn't even say thank you and then Stanley Tucci is like so just fucking quit and then Andrea's like no, I I can't quit. And the reason why she's even there in the first place is that if she works a year under Miranda, she can go anywhere she wants in terms of her career. So it's a very prestigious place. This to is be. a deal with the devil. You Ooh. be my secretary for this long and capitalism will open up before you. Okay, you know what? So then I have to give this movie props. At least they didn't name Anne Hathaway's character Faustina. Because if this was written by a guy, was this written by a guy? No, it was not written by a guy. Yeah, okay, because that's why. If it was, her name would be Faustina. And Miranda would be Miss Belzebub? It would be Miss Estopheles. Ah, goddammit, that's so good. Okay, so Andrea's talking to Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is like, just quit. And Andrea's like, I'm not gonna fucking quit. I'm just goddamn venting. And then Stanley Tucci is like, wake up, sweetheart. You have the opportunity that people are dying for. And throughout this film, everyone tells her that she has the job that a million girls would kill for. And she is like killing herself, trying. Kari, you super don't need to explain why this movie connects with you. <laughs> hey, um, let's not have a therapy session right now. Right this second. Kari... You, this movie is a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> this movie does help me out quite a lot. Especially Stanley Tucci's wise words. You are not trying, you are whining. You you need a little less Stanley Tucci's character in that movie in your life and a lot more uh, Moana's grandmother. How so? Can we prescribe Moana's grandmother to people? Can we like find a way to bottle that essence? Your parents ask too much of you. Your community asks too much of you. Just come home, and you will be loved. 
Aw, that's so nice. But that shit does not happen in The Devil Wears Prada, because... We get a thrilling conclusion where Taylor Lautner resurrects from the dead and defeats Meryl Streep, and then Meryl Streep resurrects and defeats him, and then Anne Hathaway manages to, like, take the stiletto to Mount Doom, which in this case is Trump Tower, and... (laughs) Destroys the future with it, and then we don't have to deal with anything more. But before that, the Lautner Streep feud escalates to like galactic proportions. And if you've ever seen the ending to uh, Gurren Lagan, it's basically that. They're forming the galaxies into like weaponized fashionista attire. The Milky Way turns into a Prada bag, and you just slamming it. Yeah. I love the idea that Hustler 2 The Reckoning is actually just like really fashionable space gear that they've been selling to like Evangelion and like just all these like different space dramas. You thought it was skin tight, but no, it's vacuum packed. I also think that she might have signed a fashion deal with the Empire. She has like fashion palettes that say like Stormtrooper White and uncomfortable kylo ren space nazi black huck's boy ginger yoda green sith red i love it cobalt blue (laughs) periwinkle just like weird shit but that's that's how she's making money it's just the empire shelling out enormous amounts of cash but then my question is are they like inhumanely testing out the cosmetic products on porgs oh I don't want to think about it, but yes, you're entirely right. I would love it if Star Wars analogies just spread out to everything. I mean, give me enough time. Don't encourage the fanboys. <laughs> Fucking Andrea is like the new rebel that everyone needs. She's like a Jedi. I mean, we've painted a gross picture of a uh, galactic struggle between the forces of bad and worse. You Using uh, f- the fashion world as a proxy war. Yes, and that the stiletto of Satan is essentially the universal one ring, and that uh, Anne Hathaway uses it to bring us into eternal darkness. We also need to talk, we have to kind of figure out what Andrea's deal is, because Andrea has a relationship with someone I would argue is the worst. (gasps) Is it herself? (laughs) Is she skits? She's schizophrenic? Okay, sh- fuck off. No, she's not Damn schizophrenic. It. I just love the idea of a movie where somebody falls in love with their sp- own split personality. They always say that if you meet yourself, you only have two <laughs> options. Yeah. Kill them or sleep with them. What? Who says that? Everybody. Everyone. No, no. This Everyone. is bullshit. This is you guys are fucking with me. I don't appreciate it. So if <laughs> another you walked in right now, you weren't going to either like pass the fuck out Kill them or make out with them. What is wrong with you? Are you fucking batshit? Why would I do any of those things? Because you're curious? We would sit down for tea and talk about why this was happening right now. No, because, like, you'd be just in so much shock. If, like, fucking another me just, like, walked in here and was like, What up, guys? I'd be grabbing the bat behind me and just being like, Not today! That's, you guys are insane. I can't believe you wouldn't want to be best friends with yourself. You're implying that I can't sleep with them and be best friends with myself. (laughs) I, stop, guys, this is so confusing. This is the weirdest thing. I can't believe you guys are putting this on the table. Fuck, what were we talking about? About the end times. (laughs) 
But the fucking end times. Um, okay. Andy is in a relationship with this guy who does not support her in her career. And he's not Stanley Tucci. He's not. No, they don't get together. Okay. It's, it's the worst person. Do you want to know who it is? It's Bakugo. <laughs> no. I feel like Bakugo would support her way more than Bakugo this guy. Bakugo would support no one because he's garbage trash. He is garbage trash. But is he as garbage trash as the person I'm about to tell you about? We'll see. So this guy is no other than the guy who stars in Entourage. Adrian Brody? That's not Adrian Brody. Okay, but he's like has like black curly hair. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah. sorry. It's Andrea's boyfriend's birthday. So what's his name? What are we going to call Andrea's boyfriend? Chungus Maximus. No. Ugh. That Ew. sounds infected. So... Short, shorten to Chad. <laughs> so Chad, it's Chad's birthday and Andrea has to go to his birthday party. But her miserable boss, Miranda, is forcing her to go to a party that Miranda is going to. This is the whitest privilege movie ever I, go on. She is literally going to a fashion show. She is going to, like, a fucking Met Gala. And Andrea's like, fuck, I really have to be there for my boyfriend. But she can't get out of it. Her boss has, like, told her she needs to come. So then she stays for as short as she can before she leaves. And then she comes home and her boyfriend is being all shitty about it. Like, she has to do her job or she'll get fired. But, but... I'm the dude, and she has to I, She has to center her entire life around me. And it's so weird and ridiculous. And then there's a scene where, um, there's a scene where Andrea, Chad, and their two friends are all at a bar, and Andrea's work phone rings. And so Chad picks up the phone and is like, oh, it's the boss. And they start, like, tossing the phone around to each other so that Andrea can't pick it up. And then Andrea finally, like, grabs it and is annoyed because she has to answer every time her boss calls her because she's a fucking assistant. Yeah, and because her boyfriend is being a middle schooler. And she's annoyed. And this blows Chad's mind. Chad's like, you used to be the kind of girl who would laugh at fashion and laugh at the idea of answering her boss's phone calls. What are you talking about? What what does that mean? No, she has a job. She has to do her fucking job. Why is this such a weird thing for you to understand? Like every time she has to do her job, like Chad McFuckface stands in her way and gets super like personally offended. It's very appropriate that we're using the name Chad cuz this guy this dude sounds like an incel. He also sounds like the evil foil of a manic pixie dream girl. He dies. Hold on, we need to think of, like, a name for this. So instead of Manic Pixie Dream Girl, it's gotta be, like... Potential murder. Depressed ghoul nightmare boy. Depressed ghoul garbage boy. Perfect. So Depressed Ghoul Garbage Boy, or DGGB, is just fucking up her life and is making her life way more difficult like she already has a shitty job she should be able to come home to her boyfriend who's like yeah babe that really sucks i'm not gonna try to solve your problems it's pretty obvious that you have to do this shitty thing in order for you to like fulfill your dream of being a journalist 
Um, so I'm just gonna, like, support you. But instead, he throws a temper tantrum that she doesn't make his birthday party. And then, like, takes away her phone when she has to answer a really important call. And then, surprise, surprise, they break up, and that's supposed to be, like, a bad thing? (laughs) So, moral of the story. Break up with Chad, quit your fucking job, kill Satan and or the universe with a stiletto. Okay, I have to genuinely ask this of you guys. So, say you have a certain amount of time to get through a really shitty thing, and then the world opens up for you. Do you quit, or do you go through it? Uh, if it's so toxic that it's, like, destroying other aspects of my life and or I'm getting, like, verbally abused constantly, I mean, personally, I feel like you couldn't pay me enough money to deal with that in the long term. Like, a year isn't that long of a time, but it's a long time to suffer. I couldn't stay in a place like that for more than two years, so. If after two years it's not working out, self-actualize some other way. She only needs the one year. Oh, then yeah. If it doesn't work out, then it's not going to work. So how does it really end? Okay, so this is the big reveal, kind of. The reason Andrea was hired is because Miranda needs two assistants. (gasps) Was I right about the schizophrenia? I'm going to kill you. No. (laughs) Fucking Emily Blunt has been promoted to first assistant. I'm sorry. It took us... Until the end for you to tell me that Emily Blunt is in this movie, you really should have opened with that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. So Emily Blunt is like a huge asshole in this movie to Andrea. She's re- she's basically replacing herself because she used to be second assistant. Now she was promoted to first assistant. So in the very beginning of the movie, we hear from Emily Blunt that there's a huge difference between first and second assistant. And she says this in like a shitty, snobby, like, don't think that you're on my level. Um, And the thing is, is that the first assistant gets to go to Paris for Fashion Week. So there's a point in this movie where Andrea is starting to outshine Emily Blunt. And Miranda, or Miss Belzebub, is like, hey, I want you to fire Emily Blunt. And Andrea is like, "Uh, I don't think I can do that. And Miranda's like, it's either you fire her or I fire both of you. That's one hell of a prisoner's dilemma, but okay. (laughs) So Andrea calls Emily Blunt, who is on her way to the office. She's like late and carrying a bunch of things and she's in New York. And apparently she gets so distracted that she gets hit by a fucking car. Why do all of your favorite movies end that way? how it ends it's just it's just halfway through she gets hit by a car so like what um, were the early odds fucking on i don't know it's pretty great though so then andrea is in emily blunt's hospital room and she's like i'm so sorry like i had to do it and emily blunt's like this is bullshit you didn't have to do anything and you stole this paris spot from me and i hate you and fuck off and Andrea does fuck off. So then after a certain point, Andre- like the Paris thing is happening. So Andrea flies with Miranda to Paris and it's this whole glamorous, amazing affair. And then um, it turns out behind the scenes that Miranda was going to get fired. 
but Miranda pulls Miranda's like a boss ass bitch so she goes to the person who was gonna fire her and she like throws down a piece of paper with like all the photographers and models that have like pledged their allegiance to her and she was like if you fuckers try to fire me I'll take all of these this talent with me and start my own company do you want to do that and the guy is like uh, uh, no so the original plan was that Miranda was gonna retire and that Stanley Tucci would then be like 16 the new yeah or sorry that's not technically what happens but for the purpose of this like thing that's basically what's happening is that Stanley Tucci would get a promotion if Miranda just did what she was supposed to do but Miranda pulled like a fucking power move and so Stanley Tucci just remains at his job that's the whole thing is like he just doesn't get promoted and there's no hard feelings about that ever and it never comes back that's the thing is that Andrea like goes to Stanley Tucci and she's like, God, I'm so sorry. And you just see Stanley Tucci being like, no, she'll make it up to me. Like, there's a reason she did it. And um, Andrea's like, holy shit. So then Andrea goes to Miranda and she's like, I can't believe what you did to Stanley. Like, that's unforgivable. And then Miranda's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You already are exactly like me. I see so much of myself in you. And then Andrea's like, I could never do what you did to Stanley Tucci, to my friend. And then Miranda drops some straight wisdom and goes, oh, sweetheart, you already did to Emily Blunt. And Andrea just goes fucking mental and is like, holy hell, I am the biggest piece of shit ever. What if I don't want this? And then Miranda is like, puts on fucking sunglasses and goes, what are you talking about? Everyone wants to be us. And then fucking exits the car. And then like two minutes later, um, Meryl Streep is like looking for her assistant who should be like right next to her. And you just see Andrea like go out from the other end of the car and just fucking run away. (laughs) She's just running through the streets of Paris. Just fucking away. I'm out. Yeah, and sure enough, and then you get this shot of her sitting by a fountain, and her phone rings, and she looks at the phone and fucking throws it in the fountain. Girl, how are you gonna get home? What are you doing? It's called a television. It's called radical freedom. Why doesn't she just rip off her clothes and then just be like, fuck fashion? Like, she might as well have done that. Clothes are the enemy, and then kill a kill starts happening. So the weirdest thing is the way this movie ends is that she goes back to America. You see Andrea interviewing at a newspaper and they're like, hey, your resume is really impressive, but what the fuck is going on with your one year at runway, which is the name of the fashion thing she's at. Yeah. And she goes, I learned a lot, but it just wasn't for me. And then the guy was like, so I got a letter of recommendation from Miranda Priestly. And she's like, Andrea was my biggest disappointment. And if you don't hire her, you're an idiot. First of all, we opened up this movie not knowing who Miranda Priestly was. So assuming that another person doesn't know who she is, if you're an editor-in-chief, do you know about 
other editors-in-chief? Yeah, you go to conventions with them, you probably do blow with them in hotels at various events. I, I assume that's what LinkedIn is for. <laughs> I love that. Straight up the nose. Okay, so even even then, you'd assume an editor would be more eloquent with her, their letter of rec. But she's but... got a she's got a reputation to uphold. It's uh it's I'm the baddest bitch. I'm not gonna mince my words. Yeah, and that's just how the movie ends. That's terrible. It sounds <laughs> like it sounds like several hours of uncomfortable abuse that go nowhere. No, hours of uncomfortable abuse that go to oh, I should admi- I should secretly admire my abuser because they made me stronger. So this movie really resonates with me, and just remember, Kari, abuse does not make you stronger. I just see so much of my Dean in Miranda Priestly. That should make you uncomfortable. It does. Here's my question. Is there a noticeable difference between a Miranda Priestly and Thanos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to call in Miranda Priestly to fight Thanos in the second Avengers. She just fucking sasses him. We have nobody left. We have literally She'll nobody left. She'll critique his outfit and he'll be in tears. Boom. You are a fucking ugly, ruffles-faced, Fred Durst, Barney-looking motherfucker. Get out of here. What are you even wearing? Purple this season. And then she just shakes her head and Thanos just starts weeping. And then he crumbles like... <laughs> yeah, he just turns to ash. Yeah, she like goes to the other Avengers and like compliments them. She's like, Black Panther, love what you're doing. Captain America, vintage. Captain America, Bucky, we all know. Live your best <laughs> lives. You're fooling no one. She's just become sass master general. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. She's actually secretly training Andrea for the Avengers. That's why she's just such an asshole. Oh, God. They're going to need a Black Widow eventually. We, we got to get this done, Anne. We got to get this done. So what did you guys think? I already said what I think. It sounds like a like suffer porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my uh, comparison to Thanos stands as my review for this movie. You think that she's Thanos? Yeah, without the without the bedazzled glow. I mean, they are in a fashion world, so that could be like make it happen. The accessory of the year. Devil wears Prada too. Devil wears the Infinity Gauntlet. Actually, I really like the idea of the Devil Stiletto facing off with Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet and just seeing who wins. Mm-hmm.